We continue our study this morning on how to have the good life now, and we have been looking at King Solomon as he has been instructing his son and trying to give him some wisdom and insight into how to live his life in such a way that would not only be making his life easier in in many ways, but ultimately that he would have a life that's pleasing to God. There are some of the topics in the Proverbs, however, that we might render a little bit unconventional, that we would say, now, I can't believe you're going to preach a sermon on that. I think, in fact, my wife, as she passed by and saw me looking over my PowerPoint, exclaimed as as she read the title, but it is important, and it's in the Scriptures, and though we might want to get away from the topic, it is something that... Not only do we need to hear something about, but this will be a lesson you'll all want to send to your teenagers, the lazy person. And this is an important topic that Solomon spends a lot of time on. And, and again, I can't help but think, could be totally wrong, and I'm just merely speculating, but I can't help but think that Solomon's son is probably in that teenage time frame, maybe college age, 20s, somewhere in there. And as he's giving him these instructions, he does touch on not being a lazy person. And we're going to see why that's important as we we study the Proverbs this morning. If you will, open your Bibles to the 26th chapter of the Proverbs. Proverbs 26, because uh, here is really a, a paragraph about the lazy person. And in this paragraph in in. Proverbs 26, Solomon, through a, a, a bit of hyperbole, does describe a day in the life of the lazy person. And it's a, rather a humorous little story that, that Solomon gives here, but its intent is, it has a, a, an effect that I think is really important that his son would grasp. Proverbs 26, 13. The lazy man says, There's a line in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand into the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. This is an interesting little description of the day in the life of somebody that is extremely lazy. It is absolutely humorous in every way. and it's, in, it's intended to be that way, to cause a chuckle, to make the point of what the lazy person looks like. Notice one of the first ways that the lazy person begins his day is stuck in bed. It's a, it's a great picture of as a door turns on its hinges, can't move from that spot, just back and forth. So the lazy person rolls over to one side and rolls back over to the other side in bed. This is a picture of somebody who won't get up and get going. This is somebody who will not in the morning just say, all right, I've got to get to work. There's things that need to be done. No, instead, he's like the creaky door, and he just rolls back over. And to get out of waking up and to get out of doing work, the excuses are great. 
There's a lion in the streets. You know, I can't go to work today. There's a fierce lion in the road. I can't do anything today, so leave me alone. Let me roll back over. You can picture this this person that saw them described pulling the covers over his head. And, and, you know, there's nothing I can do today. There's a fierce lion in the streets, so work cannot be done. And then... Once the person finally does get up, the picture of somebody is too lazy to eat. You can see the person taking the spoon, dipping it into the bowl of cereal, and then decides not to pick it back up. That's just too much work. (laughs) That was was so much effort to put that spoon into the bowl. I just can't even even pick it back up. Obviously, I don't think we've known anybody to do that. This is, again, an exaggeration to make an effect of how great... Uh, the lazy person is, that really what we're seeing is they're just wasting the day away. They would rather just roll back over and, and stay in bed, don't want to get out into the streets and get any work done. In fact, so lazy that the contemplation of feeding oneself seems like a vast chore. There's just no way I'm going to worry about lunch today because, man, that would be too much work. I'd rather just sit here and be hungry. This is the essence of the laziness that is built up in this picture. The worst part of where the Solomon ends in Proverbs 26 is that, and he thinks he's smarter than seven sensible people. (laughs) He looks out at the world and says, boy, those dummies, they're going to work every day and they're doing all that labor and work and what are they doing working on the house and doing all those chores? Oh, man, that's dumb. They ought to stay in bed like me. That's the picture that Solomon is describing here. And so here is the day in the life of a lazy person. Now, I am sure if I asked a a poll of hands and said, now, how many of you are lazy? All of you would just be, you know, yeah, absolutely. That's me. I'm lazy. You got me, Brent. I am the lazy person. Man, I am just so lazy. I just sit and do nothing. Right. (laughs) I dare say there's nobody in their mind right now saying, Brent, I'm lazy. However, how many lazy people do you know? Oh, man. (laughs) You know, this friend and that co-worker and that neighbor. Man, I know so many lazy people, it just drives me crazy. Here's the point. There's a lot of lazy people, and we don't think it's us. (laughs) And that's what we're going to look at in the Proverbs, because we just might be a bit surprised at who God defines as lazy. We like to think that everybody else is lazy, but not us. And I guarantee you there's probably some people who think you're lazy, and they're not. And it's probably the same people you think are lazy, and they don't think you are, and all that. You have all that going on. So what we want to look at then is just simply the characteristics of a lazy person. Why Solomon brings this out is he's going to describe, well, here's what a lazy person looks like. And you can see Solomon sitting his son down, my son... Here is what the lazy look like. So that, one, you don't become that person. We don't want you to be lazy, my son. We don't want you to become useless like that. We want you to be effective and useful in society. And second, to be aware of who lazy people are. And he's going to talk about those kinds of friendships and be careful of those. The first characteristic, and as I describe this, it's really a, a, uh, a picture of what a lazy person is not, because I think this is important to capture. The lazy person does not lack desire. The difference between the diligent and the lazy 
is not in a lack of desire. And sometimes that's our definition of laziness is that, well, they just don't want to do anything. They don't have that, that desire, that, that, that appetite to, to get things done. And in fact, the Proverbs argue the opposite and say, oh yes, the lazy person has all the great intentions in the world. The lazy person has all of the desire in the world to have all of these things accomplished, yet they never really get around to it. Notice the parallel here, Proverbs 13, 4. The appetite of the lazy craves and gets nothing. While the appetite of the diligent is richly supplied. Notice that both have the same desire. Both have the same appetite. Both want the same end result. However, the lazy craves. He has that desire. He wants. But for some reason doesn't get anything. As Solomon's going to say, it's because he does nothing. He puts no action behind it. But the desire is the same. Notice it again. The desire of the lazy man kills him. For his hands refuse to labor. In fact, he describes a great frustration that builds up in the lazy person. Because they want all the same things you want. They would like to have their house look nice and new. And have uh, this really uh, easy, wonderful life and all that. But they're unwilling to lift a finger to accomplish the goal. And see, a reason I think this is important is because sometimes we would uh, define laziness simply by our own mentality. Well, I'm not lazy. I want this. I want that. I want these things done in my life. I want to be successful. I want, you know, whatever your definition is of not being lazy is in your mind. My point is, it doesn't matter if it's in your mind. That does not clear you of not being lazy just because of great desire, of great appetite. There's a whole lot more to it than that. Solomon says, one of the great characteristics of the lazy person is the remarkable ability to make excuses. (laughs) And I think this is rather interesting. Not only did we just read this in Proverbs 26, where your Bibles are open to right now, a couple of chapters earlier, the lazy man says, there is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Notice that he's, Solomon here doesn't just say it was, but he's really trying to drive home a point that you know what the lazy person does? They come up with any possible excuse, no matter how unreasonable it may sound, for the reason why they can't do the given task that is given to them. I like this one. The slacker does not plow during planting season, and at harvest he looks and there is nothing. This, this one is the ultimate humor built in here. Here is a lazy person who's come up with all the excuses. There's a lion in the streets. I'm going to be killed. There's a fierce lion in the road. I can't go do the work. And so he doesn't plant. He, when planting season comes around, he doesn't do any of the work necessary to get the task done. However, when harvest time comes, what does he do? Well, he starts walking around. Well, where's my plants? You know, they've got to be around here somewhere. He expects the harvest anyway, even though he didn't lift a finger. Now, we look at that and say, now that's ridiculous. But it's really not. Because if it's not ourselves, how many people do you know who do as little as possible, yet expect humongous returns? How many people do you know who try to do bare minimum, absolutely nothing, minimal work at all possible, and it's just like pulling teeth to do something, yet they think they should have 
Tons of possessions, gobs of wealth, money, you know, I don't understand why I'm not doing so well. And I think it's interesting here, Solomon says, well, look to yourself. Realize something that's really important here is that your excuses get in the way. Your excuses are going to prevent you from obtaining many of the goals that you have in your mind and obtaining those desires that you have. And so I think it's important to see this picture. Uh, that's good at this as a teenager. I'm kind of still good at it now. You like to come up with good excuses why you can't do something. You know, I, I, I've got all sorts of good ones. Why make the bed? It's going to get a mess tonight. You know, well, why wash the car? It's going to rain tomorrow. Uh, you know, why mow the lawn? You're going to have to cut it next week. You know, I mean, it's easy to do things like that. And we can build those excuses in and say, well, you know, I just don't see the need why I need to do this, that, and whatever. And realize that the ultimate reason behind many of those excuses is just flat out laziness. Is that we're just simply saying, just don't feel like doing something. I don't want to sit back and do nothing. And so here Solomon gives a warning to his son. And he says, beware of that. The lazy searches for any opportunity to get out of work. And that's probably one of the best ways to look at that. The lazy person looks for any opportunity to get out of doing work. And so we must be warned of of that and be careful of that characteristic if we see that in ourselves. The second characteristic that Solomon puts his finger on is the inability to make a decisive start at anything. And I think this is interesting as well and and might catch us more than we might believe. Notice in Proverb here, Proverbs 6 and verse 9. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Here's what the sluggard says. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an army man. This is interesting because here is you have two people. You have, it seems, the diligent and the lazy or perhaps the parent and the lazy teenager. You know, it's kind of got it put together like that. And, and you have the diligent saying, now how long are you going to lay there? How long are you going to waste away? When are you going to engage in an activity? When are you going to get to the task at hand? And here is the response... Five more minutes on the snooze, please. <laughs> a little sleep. A little slumber. Let me let me rest a little bit longer. And the point being is that sometimes we just keep saying, uh, a few more minutes. Uh, a few more minutes. And we never begin the task that is set before us. We never do the work that we need to do because we just say, give me five more minutes and five more and a little rest and then a little slumber and then a little sleep, a little folding of the hands and then it's time to do this and I need to eat my lunch and, you know, come on. But you just waste a day away because we just keep saying just a little bit longer. And what Solomon is saying to his son is be warned because a lazy person has this inability to get started in the task. They try to find every way they can to get out of it. Excuses, as we've just noted, tons of excuses not to start it. And then they seem to come up with these rational reasons even why they should not. The second ties right along with it, the inability to bring a task to completion. Once you're able to get the lazy person to actually start on something, they'll never get to the end. They never finish the job. 
It just sits there and sits there and sits there. And yes, you seem to have gotten that person started, but the job's never going to get done. Uh, as we showed in chapter 26, he does it again in chapter 19. It's funny that Solomon repeats these. He's really trying to make a point. The slugger buries his hand in the dish, but will not bring it back to his mouth. That's a, that's a great picture of he, he got started finally after all of the excuses of rolling in bed back and forth, and there's a line in the street. He finally gets to doing this task, buries his hand in the bowl. Uh, it doesn't finish. He's <laughs> not going to accomplish the test. Notice what this means on a work level. Notice the society level. Proverbs 10 and verse 26. Like vinegar to the teeth. You ever got a whiff of vinegar? Man, I don't need it to my teeth. Just man, like vinegar to the nose. Whew. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. So is the lazy one to those who sin. You know what you just said right there? He just said, this is how useful a lazy person is. They are a pain. They become painful. You want them to do something, you see an employer-employee relationship, you see the parent-child relationship, you try to get them to accomplish the task, and they will not do it. And if they do start the task, are they going to do it right? No, they're going to do it in a lazy way. And that's what he's pointing out here, is like smoke to the eyes. That burns. (laughs) Uh, go live in California when we get our annual summer fires. Oh, man, that hurts. Smoke to the eyes, vinegar to the teeth. It sets you on edge. It is painful, and that's what it is to deal with a lazy person to get the task done. It is a pain to the employer. It is a pain to the parent. It is a pain to anybody in that relationship. It is a pain to your friend. And so he's saying, be warned and beware that this is a person... That you don't want to be around. Now, let me get rough with you now. The last point, the inability to start a task decisively. And the inability to complete the task. We have a word for that in our society today. You won't like it. We have a word for that. <laughs> and unfortunately, we have the tendency to glorify that word. Oh, you know, I just procrastinate. You know how it is. Well, watch yourself now. That's not really a good thing. (laughs) That's what Solomon is saying to his son. Now, what that is is procrastination. What is procrastination about? We never want to start the task. And we try to get out of completing the task. And that's what Solomon just argued two points as the characteristics of lazy people. And so we have to watch out for that and be, be aware of that. And so procrastination is something that we as people do not want to have and we certainly want to watch that in our children. I think about that already somewhat with my kids. It's a lot faster for me to pick up the toys in the room. I, you know, the, the toys are laid out in the living room. The toys are laid out on, on the floor in their room. It is a whole lot faster for me just to walk in... But they need to learn to start the task and complete the task. Even though it takes them forever, and I have to go around and say, now you missed one here, and you missed one there, and that doesn't go there, it goes over here. But the point is not how menial the task is. That's not the point. And sometimes that's how we justify not 
teaching our children how to start and complete a task because, well, it's just so useless. Who cares if they didn't take out the trash? I know the trash isn't important, but the diligence is. And they need to learn to start the task and complete the task and not try to get out of doing the task and procrastinate throughout the task and do the task haphazardly and not caring. Uh, one of my favorites. took me a long time myself. Take the trash out, put a bag back in. Don't do it halfway. Things like that. And yeah, trash is useless. Trash is nothing. We don't care about trash. The point is what's behind all of that is trying to build within ourselves, within our children, the people that we know, to build within them not to be lazy. Any wonder we see our society anymore and we're so frustrated when we go to McDonald's now and it takes 25 minutes to get a Coke. And they're going as slow as possible. And you're watching them thinking, my goodness, I could put out 20 Cokes by the time they got back there and got one. Well, the reason why is because we're not teaching people to start and end the task. That's what Solomon is trying to teach his son, is that you start and you end the task, and you don't waste it away, and you don't come up with excuses, and, oh, well, I need to do this, and talk to my friend, and do all of that. You do the work. In essence, I think Solomon is saying what my dad repeatedly beat into me over and over and over again. You work first, and then you play. You work first, and then you play. <clears throat> that is the ethic that Solomon is trying to teach his son. Get the task done and then go do what you want to do. Get this thing accomplished because that needs to be done. Start the task, end the task, get it accomplished. And I think this is an important thing. Here we see you want to have the good life now. We're talking about having a good life in God's eyes. Laziness is not going to cut it. And it's unfortunate that we are allowing in our society children to be as lazy as they want to be and be as useless as they want to be. And we need to be careful of that. And they might learn that because we're that way. (laughs) And they might learn that because their friends are that way. And we need to be warned of that. That is a a tremendous danger uh, that exists. How do we overcome laziness? I think one of the things that Solomon points out that is really important is that the end result of laziness is poverty. He says that over and over and over again in these Proverbs. He who tills his land will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty in plenty. That's a good one. You want to be lazy? You'll have nothing. That's what he does. If you want to follow these empty pursuits and do all these little things here and there, you will end up with nothing. You will have poverty in plenty. However, do the work. Don't make excuses. Start the task in the task. Notice what he says. You'll be fine in life. You'll be able to take care of yourself. You'll be able to take care of your family. You'll be able to have a good life. And I think that's really important to consider. Not everybody in poverty is lazy, but lazy people are in poverty. That's what Solomon said right there. Not everybody in poverty is lazy, but lazy people are in poverty. And he's warning here, don't be lazy. The end result is you'll have nothing. You won't be able to take care of yourself. You won't be able to take care of your family. And the reason why is your inability to work. And nobody should bail you out for your laziness. 
the appetite of the lazy craves and gets nothing. That's right. You can sit there and crave all you want. You can want all these things and desire and desire and desire. You'll have nothing. How long will you lie there, O lazy bones? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands of rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond. Your need like an armed man. It will come in swiftly, powerfully, shockingly to you, and you will have nothing. So you and I first have to recognize the end result. And friends, we don't want our kids to go through that, do we? I mean, most of us, our parents beat work ethic into us. <laughs> you know, They just made us do things that we didn't want to do. There was tons of things I did not want to do that my dad made me do. So why should we treat our kids any different? We need to make them do things that they don't want to do just to learn the point. The trash is not important. The work is important to teach them these things so that they will become good civilized beings on the earth. I think it's really interesting how Solomon says to learn to overcome laziness is he says, you know what? You can learn from some animals. One of my more favorite Proverbs as well. Proverbs 6.6. 6. Take a lesson from the ants. Use lazy bones. Learn from their ways and be wise. Even though they have no prince, governor, or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for winter. I think that's an important thing. It says, look at the ant. I love it. In fact, I like the New King James better. Go to the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> Learn from him and be wise. Uh, go watch an ant. You ever seen an ant really sit still? <laughs> You see it packing up an umbrella and just hanging out there catching sun, you know. (laughs) No. Look at the ant, as all Solomon says. Do you see somebody having to tell it what to do every five seconds? Do you see somebody having to beat on the ant? You know, come on, lazy ant. No. He said, look at the ant. It works. It is self-motivated. It is self-disciplined. When there's a task, it accomplishes the task. It provides for itself. That's the ultimate point there. Works hard all summer long. You know it's hot in the summer. And he works all summer long so that he has provision and harvest for the winter. And that's what he's saying is, do the work yourself. Be self-motivated. Realize you need to provide for yourself. And don't be somebody who has to be told over and over and over and over and over and over again to do something. Do it. And then it says, learn from the end. Think about this. Also work. Do work. Don't think of excuses. All of that, all of that effort that goes into making up some crazy excuse, you could spend time just getting the work done. Now, as much as I can come up with, well, you know, the trash doesn't really need to go out right now. And I can sit there and work for, work for five minutes about how I need not to take the trash and I can get it done in 30 seconds. Work, not excuses. Can I take this now to a spiritual plane, though? That we need to work in the kingdom and not make so many excuses. Because perhaps one of the greatest areas we come up with excuses is when it comes to serving God. When it comes to serving God, friends, you and I get the ultimate lazy bones going in us. That's when we start, y'all, it's been tired. You know, here comes the excuses now. You know, it's been rough. It's been a tough week. I'm real busy. You know, things are going on in my life. I've got chaos. You know, and this is when we just let all those excuses fly. You think God's happy about that? If we as parents get irritated, Smoke to the eyes, vinegar to the teeth when our kids do it. Think God's pleased when we start pulling that with Him? 
Yeah, yeah, had a rough Saturday night, you know. Ain't getting up early Sunday morning. Not real thrilled about all this, you know. Excuses here and there and try to get out of whatever we can. I dare say God is outright enraged when we just try to excuse ourselves. Do the work. God has blessed us with so many things. Do the work. As parents, we're just incredulous. As our kid, we provide you a home. We provide you food. We provide you all these things. You don't have to worry about a thing. Will you please just take out the trash? How much does God not say the same thing to us? I provided you all of these things. I am taking care of you physically. I'm taking care of you spiritually and emotionally. I provided for everything. Will you not just please talk to your neighbor? <coughs> Will you not just please come to services? Will you not just please pray? Will you not just please read, read the scriptures? Will you not study? What's the difference? I think it's the exact same principle. We become so lazy in the spiritual arena. How dare anybody call us lazy at work? We would be outright enraged. I am not lazy. How dare any of us call us lazy at home? I am not lazy. I do this. I do that. We have all these things we get done. But friends, we have no problem being lazy with God. Unacceptable. Too often, we come up with excuses. We're indecisive to start a task. And we don't complete a task. We procrastinate. And say, well, I know I should help out brother so-and-so, so-so, do this, do that, but eh, don't really feel like it. And we get out of it. Be warned. Beware. Let's not do that. God's not happy with us when we do that. But I think it's important as we conclude, we need to realize that we need to start and finish because that is a reflection upon God. Ultimately, These things are a reflection upon God. If we are to be lights in the world, these shining examples, if you and I act like the unbelievers and act like the lazy bones that we know in society, that are friends that we have, and we sit there and scratch our head and go, I can't believe they do that, and we act just like them, how are we reflecting upon God? How are we bringing God glory? I love Paul's words as he would get down toward the end of Colossians. He said, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Everything you and I do, whatever it is, whatever job you have, whatever circumstances you have at home, if you have children or don't have children, if you have parents or they've passed away, Work at it with all of your heart, whatever the task, whatever it is. And he says you do that because you're doing it for God. The things you do in life and the way you handle responsibility is a reflection upon God. We don't mention it, but that's the parable of the talents right there. The parable of the talents, that one talent man had some excuses and did not have diligence in the task that God had given. And for that he was condemned and cast out. And so while we may look at laziness and say, eh, what's the difference? No big deal. It matters to God. And our laziness in the physical world often translates into laziness with God. And God will not have any part of that. We need to be spiritually active and spiritually diligent to serve the living God. And if we will avoid laziness, but rather be diligent, be workers in the kingdom of God, 
That will give us the inheritance that he has promised here in Colossians 3. It will also give us the good life now. We will not be desolate as Solomon tried to warn his son. So think about that in your own life. Think about how you stand with that. And if you see some of those characteristics, fight against them. I'll raise my hand and say, I've got some of those. I like to be lazy from time to time myself. We need to fight against that, and we certainly don't want to teach our children to be that way. (laughs) It is a growing problem in our society of people not wanting to be responsible, not wanting to work, and not wanting to be diligent. We have a job to make sure our children are not that way. We have a job to make sure you and I are not that way either. You pull your songbooks out. We'll sing a song now, an invitation to you, number 207, will be our, our song today. We encourage you to come to the Lord before it is too late, that you will serve the living God. Please don't procrastinate about your responsibility with God. Realize that He is patient and waiting for you to come to Him, but we don't know when that time will end. He desires you to turn your life to Him before it is too late. Won't you decide to serve Him? Won't you decide to submit to Him with all of your heart? To decide, I'm no longer going to live towards sin, my own desires, my own comforts, the things that make me happy in this world. But I need to serve the God that created me and who will hold me accountable for every action that I have made in this life. Serve Him today. Confess Him as your Lord. Be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Won't you do that right now while we stand and while we sing?